Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. Well, tonight uh, we're going to be talking about pillars and boundaries. Pillars and boundaries. And I'm kind of specifically talking to those of you tonight who are in a relationship. Now, if you're not in a relationship, that is completely okay. Um, these are good uh, principles, pillars to know, and boundaries to think in the back of your mind. But if you are currently in a relationship, tonight I just want to speak as a person who loves you so much, as someone who has dated before, uh, I would say successfully, because uh, Julianne and I are married, and uh, in April we will have been dating for 10 years which is kind of crazy. Uh, so all of you who are currently freshmen in high school, uh, that's, when I, that's how old I was when Julianne and I started dating. And, uh, and hey, your parents are like, that's not serious. And you're like, you know what, to me it is. Um, it's serious if you take it serious. So I want to talk about um, pillars and boundaries of dating. Is that okay? Am I allowed to do that tonight? Okay. Okay. Let's do this thing. Relationships are hard. Amen? Friendships are hard. Dating is hard. It's all very difficult. But there's kind of an interesting thing because we feel as though... I'm going to be sitting down and standing up the whole time because that's the kind of mood I'm in, okay? So bear with me. Relationships are hard, but we feel like we are created for relationships. There is some sort of inner desire and we could almost say need to have a relationship. Uh, I think a lot of us from a, a very early age started thinking about having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And it is something that is almost in, embedded in us that we have a desire for a relationship with one person that is, that is deeper that is different than any relationship we have with family or with friends. And so we have this natural thing in ourselves, but dating and relationships aren't very natural. And what I mean by that is your instincts can kind of get you into a relationship, but they should not lead your relationship. Look at what it says in, in Proverbs chapter 14. In verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but look, but it ends, or the, its end is the way of death. There's a way that instinctually you should live your life, and the way is death. And now that's a principle that goes beyond relationships, but in relationships, you can follow your instincts, you can follow your desires, and the way is death. Sorry. Look what it says in Jeremiah chapter 17, very famous verse in verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But so often in relationships, we allow our heart and our instincts to kind of guide us through, don't we? We just kind of start a relationship and then we're just like, well, let's kind of see what happens. We allow our heart and our feelings, and our instincts 
to determine the way that we feel. And now that's no way to have a relationship. That is actually, if I can overstep my boundaries a little bit, the worst thing you can do in a relationship. The worst thing that you can do in a relationship is allow your instincts to to lead or to put yourself in a place where your heart is making all the decisions. Now, that is very, very uncommon for us to hear. Like, your heart is the worst leader ever. Now, so if that is the case, if our instincts and our natural inclinations are not the way to navigate relationships, then what do we need to do? Well, we need to set out a goal, we need to build something, and we need to be intentional with what we build and what we are building. In Matthew chapter 7, in verse 24... Jesus says this, one of his most famous teachings. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus in this teaching, he is speaking to our entire life and he says that we need to build our life on the foundation of his word. Now, this is a truth like, like all of what I'm talking about that, that goes outside of specifically relationships. Jesus isn't talking about relationships here. He's talking about our life. But we can take this principle that he's talking about and apply it to our relationships. If you want to build a relationship, you need to build it on the foundation of the word of God. But now, when you build something, I've never built something. I think looking at me, you could probably tell that I've never built something. Uh, we, Julianne has been building this fence in our backyard for several weeks. And uh, today I walked outside like in my pajamas. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, just building the fence. I'm like, oh, cool. And then just walked back inside because that's the kind of, kind of the way that I roll. Um, but if you were to build something, you need a, you need a good foundation. But you also need stuff... <laughs> kind of language I use and you don't build something, stuff that will support as you go up, okay? You could look and it's pillars or it's beams or it's exterior walls. When you move into a house when you're older, there's going to be walls that you just absolutely despise. You're like, yuck, these walls shouldn't be here. And you're going to want to tear down some walls. And the the number one question that you're going to have to ask is like, huh, is this a load-bearing wall? And you need to ask that question because there's things, there's stuff that supports as things go higher, okay? So Jesus, what he says is we are to build our life, and I'm applying it to relationships, build our relationships on the foundation of his word. But if we want to build up, we need stuff. 
We need pillars that are an extension of the foundation, that are things that are tangible, that we can hold on to, that support our relationship as it's built. Are you seeing the picture? Okay. So what I want to do today, this evening, if you prefer that language, is look at some pillars or some things that I, who, who loves you dearly and has successfully dated a person, um, I think is super helpful as we go about having relationships, okay? So some pillars of relationships. The first one that I want to look at is we need to have realistic expectations of what relationships are for. Realistic expectations of what relationships are for. I think that's a good question to ask. I don't know if I had ever asked it until I was preparing for this, but what is a relationship for? Why do we have relationships? Well, I believe that we are built for relationships. We, we are made in the image of God, and God himself is, is relational in his deity. I'm going to go crazy for just a moment. We see in the person of God, in the Godhead, there is the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have no idea how we can divide them and how we can understand it, but we know that the Godhead is three in one. God in his very person is relational. And we are made in his image. We are made for relationships. We are built for community and for friendships and relationships with other people. But specifically, as we talk about romantic relationships, well, what are they for? In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 15, this is in the Garden of Eden. This is Adam and Eve. God speaks to Adam and says this, Then the Lord took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. In verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to, uh, that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. It says, it is not good for man to be alone, but I will make him a helper who is comparable to him. Another translation says, rather than comparable, but equal. That there is a helper who is equal in the relationship with man, and that is Eve. I think a lot of times we have kind of unrealistic expectations on what our relationships are for. And what I mean by that is we feel as a, a single person, there are uh, insecurities that we have or things that we deal with um, that we think an, another person would, would fix. Okay, Nate said it so great last week when he said, two broken people don't make a whole. They actually double the brokenness. And so us, as we are broken and as we have flaws and we have faults and there's things within us, we so often think that we're going to find some perfect match that will come in and mend all our brokenness. The, the, the problems that we face and the insecurities that we have will actually be fixed by our prince or princess that comes along. And we have this unrealistic expectation on really what a relationship for, because a relationship is not to complete you, 
but it's actually for companionship. Relationships aren't uh, completion. It's not finishing. It's addition. It is someone else coming along. So what, what I think happens a lot is when we have unrealistic expectations, our relationship cannot be equal, but they actually become lopsided. Because when we look to another person to complete us, it's not 100% and 100%. If we're relying on another person to kind of complete who we are, it's like 130% and 70%. And relationships become very lopsided. And when things are lopsided, things are unhealthy. And what I mean by that is so often in, in relationships, I've seen that people will really rely on the other person for contentment, for joy, for satisfaction, for happiness. And when you give someone else the power to determine your joy or, the, or to determine your happiness or to determine your identity, that is a lopsided and unhealthy thing. Because we don't have identity that comes from the way someone else makes us feel. Our identity comes from Christ. Our identity comes from God. And in that, thank you very much, it should be a very lopsided relationship between us and God. That we should give all authority to, over to God. But it gets, it gets weird when we don't view a relationship as equal companionship and partnership, but we're actually giving ourselves over to someone emotionally and giving them the power. Are you tracking with me? And so what we need to do is we need to realize in the garden, it was an equal partnership. And what they were called to do, Eve came along Adam to actually assist him and push him into the direction of fulfilling what God has desired him to do. And so our relationships, realistic expectations of relationship should not be that you are satisfying me, that you are giving me joy, that you are giving me contentment or happiness, but you would push me in the direction to find contentment, joy, and deep satisfaction in Christ. And so we need to just kind of throw out someone's not going to complete us. Relationship isn't about completion. You're complete on your own. God has designed you just the way that he wants for a reason. Now you're incomplete without Jesus, but that's another conversation. Nobody will come along and finish who you are. You are who you are. No relationship will, will ever fulfill that need. And so we need to throw that out the window. And in a relationship, it's a companionship. Who is, and the person is pushing us more into the person of Jesus. So that's number one. Point number two, healthy communication. Healthy communication. Uh, key words of this point, healthy, and then also communication. I'm being serious. I think that we live in an era where with people we have constant communication. Now, I am not too old for this, although you guys probably think I'm a million years old. Uh, Julianne and I, when we were dating, there would be times where we had texting conversations, Snapchat conversations, Instagram DMs, Facebook messages, all going on at the exact same time, talking about different things. Can anyone else relate? It's like there's some things that we're just not going to talk about via text, but like I'll snap you about it or whatever. 
And so we live in a time of constant communication. I think with the constant communication, healthy communication has gone out the window. That we just kind of talk about whatever and just kind of talk about nothing, honestly. And so we have these, these conversations. We're talking, but we're not actually ever really getting to know the other person. Like we're talking, yes. We are saying words back and forth. But are we ever really getting to know the other person? And to have healthy conversations, I have three subpoints. The first one is have important and intentional conversations as early as possible. Now, I am saying this in, in stark contrast to one of Nate's points last week when he said, don't be physical for as long as possible. I am saying be intentional in your conversations as early as possible. I think we have things twisted in our culture where physicality is kind of the stamp of a serious relationship. That's not the case. I, I reject that. I think deep conversation, intentional conversation, and really knowing a person should be the stamp of a serious relationship. That you should know the other person, you should know the other person, what they like and what they dislike, but also, very importantly, you need to know if the person that you are talking to or dating, where they stand in their relationship with Jesus. We want to do relationships right. We don't want to just wing it and follow our hearts and, and do whatever we want, because that's how people get hurt. That's how you get hurt. That's how the other person gets hurt. And that's how our whole society gets hurt, is when we, when we miss the family. And so relationships and family and society, it all comes back to dating. So let's do it well. And, and so we need to be intentional about conversations. And we need to ask, like, hey, are you a, a Christian? Do you prioritize these things that I prioritize? When Julianne and I were dating, I remember, which you guys were like, oh, that's so corny. But hey, we're married, so it is what it is. I, I was 14 years old, and I really wanted to ask her to be my girlfriend. But I was like, I really should find out like, if she loves Jesus. So I texted her like, hey, do you like coming to church with me? She's like, yeah, sure. I like it okay. And I was like, well, do you like come to church just for me, like the most like egotistical thing you could ever say, or for like God. And we just, we roughed it out right there, as awkward as it was, and we had a conversation, it stirred a conversation that we actually got to know each other and what our values were, and it, and it was actually really helpful. But so often we don't have those conversations because we value having a relationship over a healthy relationship. We think that if we ask those questions, it'll kind of turn the other person away. Or like, oh, maybe they didn't like me enough to have that conversation. If it does, good. Moving on. <laughs> Number two, healthy communication. Speak to let people in. Speak to let people in. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, again, he is not specifically talking about relationships but this is a great thing for us to apply to relationships. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Jesus specifically is talking about promises and oaths to other people, that you should be a reliable person. But in relationships, we should let our yes be yes and our no be no, meaning we should say what we really mean. 
in the words of Harry Styles. We should say what we really mean. When we say something, that should be what we mean. It's easy, it's so easy to get a little quiet and a little frustrated when, when we have a boyfriend or girlfriend and, and we're like, you know, something's going on and we'll kind of shut down and be quiet. And our hope is for the other person to notice and to ask and that we get this little bit of attention. I'm being This happens, Julianne and I, we still do this to each other. I, I get all sad in a corner and she's like, is everything okay? I'm like, I'm fine. And it's like, I just kind of want, like, a little bit of attention. You know what I mean? But let me tell you, talking about what's going on and being open and honest with the other person is far better attention. Like, making progress and being like, hey, you know, when, when you did this, like, that caused my feelings to be hurt. And so, let's talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, hey... Are you okay? No, I'm actually, it's been really hard lately. <laughs> and talk about that. I'm being, like, serious, just say what you really mean. But also, if I could kind of interject, um, let's stop with the whole, like, freaking out about punctuation and text messages. <laughs> if, if you guys are fighting in a relationship because of the lack of punctuation... You just got to stop right now. Um, when we are honest, we need, when we are honest, what we're doing is we are accurately representing how we feel inside when we're honest. We're accurately representing. And when we do that, when we have a pillar in our relationship of accurately presenting ourselves in the way that we feel and what's going on, then there is never a need to read between the lines. And that's where so much just drama happens is reading between the lines. Like A or O-K-A-Y exclamation points, like everything's good. Okay, nothing. It's like our whole relationship is over. Why? Because we're reading between the lines. <laughs> and if we have, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of being serious. Like if we have a foundation here where we are honest, where we are accurately telling the person what's going on, and that is like a pillar in our relationship, there is no need to read between the lines in silly things like that and stir up conflict and drama. And so let's, as people, in all areas of life, including with your parents, let's accurately describe and tell people what's going on within ourselves. People can't read minds, and drama happens when you expect them to. Third thing. Still helpful? Cool. I've only ever had one girlfriend. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, you know, who knows how that applies. It just popped in my head. Take, <laughs> take ownership and responsibility of your words. I'm still talking about healthy communication. Take ownership and responsibility for your words. Words can hurt people or even the lack of words. In relationships, we will say hurtful things all the time, or what we don't say could hurt someone equal as much, and we need to just take ownership of the things that we say, okay? If we say something that hurts someone's feelings, we should, you know, if it's a miscommunication, if it's a misunderstanding, then 
try to clear the air. But so often we'll say something that hurts someone's feelings and then we'll treat it like a misunderstanding, but it was really what you meant. You're like, no, that's not what I meant. And you try to back yourself into a corner. But let's just take ownership and be like, I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry that it made you feel that way. Like, and, and work through it. This is a big red flag if you're in a relationship and you voice your feelings when they're hurt and the person responds and says, you're too sensitive. Why are you being so crazy? Yeah, I didn't mean that. Like, if that is happening, I'm, I'm being serious right now. If that happens often in your relationship, you should probably, like, make some space and take a step back. I'm being serious. Because what, what that does is that opens the door for a lot of, one, like I talked about earlier, your emotions are really getting involved, and that could open the door for m- emotional manipulation. And we don't want to give someone else that that responsibility, okay? Now, we should be a little tamed in what we allow to hurt our feelings because we realize that feelings we do have control over and we can actually allow them to be hurt or not. And so we should be tamed ourselves, but we also, if that is happening, it's like, you're crazy, you're sensitive. Let's just kind of, ooh, take a step back because we want to actually work through problems, not just dismiss them. Okay, so healthy communication um, takes ownership and responsibility of their words. Point number three. Those were all sub points, you know what I mean? Those don't count as real points. Purity without compromise. Purity without compromise. The Bible makes it very clear that intimacy is designed between one man and one woman under the covenant of marriage. God designed it, so he makes the rules. Those were the rules before sin entered into the world. When Adam and Eve were created, those were the rules. God said to multiply, to fill the Garden of Eden, and it was one man, one woman, that's it. Sin entered the world, nothing changed. That's still God's design. And so we, as we are in a relationship, we should prioritize achieving the goal of doing it the way that God has designed it to be done. So we should be intentional about what we do, the places that we find ourselves, and I'm talking about physically the places that we find ourselves to ensure that we do relationships in the heavenly design. So often we think about boundaries as as things that we can't do. Right? Like we, I think a lot of us, even sometimes we view relationship with God as a whole, as, as this is what you can do, but then look at all this f- great stuff that you can't do. And that's like, oh, following Jesus, I'm just saying like, man, I can't do all of this fun stuff. And we have this misunderstanding of what boundaries are actually for. Look at what David says in Psalm 16. In verse 6, it says, the boundary lines, in the NIV, it says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. 
Now, David is specifically talking about his kingdom, his physical kingdom of Israel in which he was the king over. And at the time, uh, there was a lot of enemies attacking on either side. But David, in the middle of this psalm, as he's kind of crying out to God, he just thanks God for the boundaries of his kingdom. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for the, the lines in the dirt that you drew that I am kept safe within. So often we view boundaries as only keeping us from things, but boundaries actually keep us for things. There was a study uh, done, I think in the early 1900s or so, of a, this school that was built on this large property. And there was all these like kind of grass fields or, you know, whatever property looks like. And there was a small school. And during the free time, the students would go out and they'd kick a soccer ball and probably spit, spit balls at one another. You know what you do at schools before smartphones. And, uh, and so they, they would hang out. But they noticed the, the administration of the school noticed that they would only hang out like 25, 30 feet away from the thing. There was this huge, massive, like, the property that the school was on. And so what they did was they actually built a big wall around the border of the property, and they found something interesting. With the wall, people actually went all the way to the edge of the property, and they found out that there is actually freedom within boundaries. Now, this is a principle that I want you guys to understand as your whole relationship. God isn't keeping you from anything, but he's keeping you for his desired purpose. And so we need to trust and we need to place our trust in God and say, Lord, I trust life to be lived the way that you have designed it to be lived. And so we need to trust in God's boundaries and learn to thank God for his boundaries. And in relationship, we need boundaries, we need physical boundaries that protect us, that keep dangerous and harmful things out, and keep what is good and safe close. We need to have boundaries. So if I could, in the most loving and pastoral way, suggest some boundaries that maybe you could adopt for your relationships. Okay, And, I, and I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny or trying to be anything. I, I want to be as applicable and as real to you as I possibly can. Is that okay? Can we do this? Here's some boundaries that I think would be helpful to apply to your relationships. Go on dates. Don't just do nothing together. Go on dates. Don't just do nothing together. Especially early on in relationships, you should be doing things for a set amount of time and then you should stop doing them and kind of move on. I, I'm being serious. Like, let's not just hang out in a car for a long time. Don't be alone in a house, okay? Julianne and I, this would happen all the time. We would be hanging out at my house, my parents' house, or her parents' house, or whatever, and there would be parents' home, and the parents needed to leave, so we left too, that was a boundary. That was a pillar in our relationship. I don't know. Is this at the same time? I said holding hands is okay. Um, Jacob Silly was making fun of me for premarital hand holding, but we did it. Um, Julianne and I also kissed before we dated. 
or before we got married. Um, I got demerits for doing so on school campus. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, and so the reason why I'm bringing this up is some of us run like onto the other side of boundaries like instantaneously. Other of us, very seriously, we feel guilty for everything. And so I just want to say like, hey, hold your girlfriend's hand. It's totally fine. Give her a, a kiss. If you do it in front of your parents, that's fine. You know what I mean? I like this one. I didn't put it on the screen because I didn't know if I wanted to share it. Kind of wanted to catch the vibe. Snap like your friends, not like your boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm going to move on. If you feel like you're going too far physically, you are. Okay? If you feel like you are going too far physically, you are. And you need to have a conversation about it. And if the other person doesn't agree, huge red flag. Okay? Don't do anything that you are uncomfortable with to try to make the other person happy. Never. Ever do that. And if the other person is unwilling to hear you out and to set up those walls and those boundaries, huge red flag. Now about communication, I think conversation should stop and start. This is a rule that was implemented by my parents and even after um, my parents stopped enforcing it, uh, I found it very helpful. My parents would take my phone at 10 p.m. when I lived there, so our conversations, Julie and I texting and calling, it would stop at 10, and then they said you should not text her before school because you're going to see her at school, and I think it's good to have some conversational boundaries. Just like, hey, like I need, need a little bit of space, because sometimes silence drives us crazy in a relationship, and so we need to just kind of face silence and just be like, we're not talking they're living their life, I'm living mine. Um, when they ask how you feel, be honest. Address things before they are big problems. Hang out in groups. I think it is really, really healthy for you to know their friends really well and for them to know your friends really well because kind of two worlds should be integrated in a relationship as things get more serious. And a big one is have relationship mentors. I went really long, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to keep going. Have relationship mentors. Um, when Julian and I were, were dating, my parents, who at the time had been married nearly 30 years, they're, they're over the 30-year mark now, um, they actually helped us like build boundaries to make sure that what we were doing was healthy and could be sustained and godly. Um, and if you don't have parents in a wonderful marriage, uh, that is okay. I'm sure you have maybe grandparents. And if not, please talk to Julianne and I. Uh, we're trying our best. We would love to encourage you and kind of walk with you in that. Or if you want someone at a different stage, you know, Matt and Michaela are getting married uh, soon. And they have been dating forever. Um, and, and so just have... Yeah, and, and DeShane will give you all the boundaries you need. Um, and so I'm serious. So often relationships, when they start, they become little islands where we run away from our friends. It's just us two. You know, we push our parents away. We push older people away and all of that. It's like, let's, and, and we kind of play house. And it's like, it's me and you forever. And we just need people that will lovingly support us.